back to the Ministry Refuel podcast. I have the honor of being your host. My name is Kat Robbins, and I'm so glad you tuned in. This is now our third episode. This is so crazy. Um, today's a special day because today we're welcoming our first ever guest on the show. And I couldn't think of a better guest than my bestie, Christian Bayless. What's up? How y'all doing? <laughs> Well, they can't answer you, but I'm sure they're doing good. <laughs> well, I hope you're doing great, <laughs> wherever you are. Somebody's in a hospital bed crying. Oh, and you no. Ask them how doing. <laughs> We're praying for you. We're, We're we, we are lifting you up right now in the hospital room. <laughs> as long as you're not at Grady, you're in good hands. Yeah, yeah. Now, Christian, I remember you were in a car accident several years ago. And the funny thing about this story, it's not funny that she was in an accident. <laughs> not at all. But it was funny because... She literally was in this horrible car accident. She should have died. Like, the Lord rescued her. Yeah. But one of the first statements out of your mouth was, don't take me to Grady. Yes, that, that was true. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that I definitely did not want to go to Grady. Um, shout out to all that have been to Grady and survived. You deserve a reward. <laughs> but for me, that just wasn't the choice and option that I saw fit for my life. Right. So. Uh, if you're not from Atlanta, you have really no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but if you're ever in an accident in Atlanta and you need to go to the hospital, try to avoid Grady yeah. at all costs. What if Grady wanted to sponsor the podcast and they're like, you know what? After that episode, we're done. We're not going to do it. You we're know, done. I hear they're great for trauma. Yeah, I don't know if it's causing trauma or... Yeah. You know. Well, speaking of trauma, that's a weird segue. Um, you're in school to help people with trauma. So tell me a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, so I am in school right now getting my master's in clinical mental health. Um, I love it. I love being able to help people. Um, I think just doing ministry, uh, I saw so much trauma that people have gone through and walked through in their lives. Um, and so I, I felt like I wanted to get education to learn more about that, specifically like ways that people have grown up and you know things that they've had to walk through with their family and things of that nature and how I can best help them and serve them on a faith base and also science. So kind of combining the two together and helping people just be the best versions of themselves. Well, if you're in the South, God and science do not go together. <laughs> but we know God created science, right? That and God is right. can use science and understanding the mind is so important especially yeah. with this generation mm -hmm. i mean gen z more than ever has really just shed such a light on mental health and taking yeah. care of yourself mentally which is so important i know that's something you're passionate about yeah. you're also special to me because we've done a lot of ministry together we have some um, crazy moments <laughs> in ministry Honestly, I feel like we could start a whole separate podcast on just, just like... We have stories for days. For stories days. for days. I mean, <laughs> we could think of a lot of... We, yes. we've, seen, we've seen some things. We sure have. Somebody reminded me the other day uh, of uh, how we had a, a conference. And we actually had a bomb threat at our conference. We did. And we had to shut the conference down. Change the date, move the location. We had to take it off social media so that people wouldn't come to that. So we had to, uh, we just, I think we wanted to just like sending text messages to people to invite them. 
because yeah. someone heard about it through social media. That's so. right. That's right. Uh, the power Crazy. and also the the cons of using social media. Sometimes it can get yeah. in the wrong hands. Yep. But yeah, y'all, we literally planned this whole conference out. We booked speakers, booked a worship team. People traveled to come to this thing. We had creative elements designed and then literally like... I was gonna say the security guard, but it's my dad. Like, let's let's just call the security. <laughs> it was that's just, all we could afford at the time. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But I remember he came and told us uh, about this threat, and we were like, "Well, we were like, let's keep yeah, going. let's keep going." Everybody else is like panic and like sh- like shivering in the corner. Yeah. Like, are you guys still having it? So realistically, <laughs> like, who have more faith in that moment? Yeah, you know, I think we did. It could have been our pride. (laughs) It could have been the fact that we had put our blood, sweat, and tears into making it happen. And so we were like, this is happening. We don't care if this whole building blows up. It's so, it is so true. And like, I definitely want to have you back on the podcast at some point to talk about just like how we've overcome a lot of obstacles individually and also collectively. Um, in ministry and I mean I remember doing like Uber Eats runs in the same car so that we could make like $10 to go like buy decorations for an event like something yeah. so basic like we couldn't afford to make chicken you yeah, know what I'm saying for sure um that's only a dollar and nine cents with tax like we couldn't afford it you know and um but you and I have really just been able, able to like overcome a lot and so I want to kind of like <clears throat> segue into where I really want to land. Somebody's car alarm's going off. Do car alarms actually do anything, though? That's really, like, my genuine question. Is that your car alarm? <laughs> I don't know. Let me go All right. Check. We're going to go check. Okay, good news, everybody. Uh, it was not her car alarm going off, just somebody else. And you said the person wasn't there? Yeah, their car door was just open. It was, it was just a... Tesla abandoned and it must have been raptured. That must have been what happened. Well, we got left. Well, we're we're here to spread the good news (laughs) in the meantime. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, All jokes here, people. I know there's some really safe, sanctified people who are probably offended by some of the things we've already said. We we love Jesus, guys. Sanctification is a process. It is a process. It is a process. Um, But you and I really started getting close um through something we kind of started together and it was called powerhouse women and some people who know me and or christian may remember this like we did this i don't know like 2013 15 some somewhere in that time frame somewhere in the 2000s somewhere before the pandemic (laughs) yeah you know that's that's how crazy our world is now we can start labeling time by pre-pandemic or post-pandemic isn't that wild that's crazy that's the world we live in but um pre-pandemic days when you know eggs weren't eight dollars a carton i'm gonna keep referencing that okay um but we started a, a ministry called powerhouse women and our goal was to pour into women in ministry not just women but the women that are pouring out into other women and i remember what a struggle it was but also like we found the struggle and the resistance to be the thing that like kept us pushing Mm -hmm. into doing the next thing and just due to time and changes of life and like you know i got hired at a different church you ended up getting hired at the same church at the same time live in this little bitty studio apartment we're trying to make ministry happen um and you know we kind of just released it 
you know, and kind of kind of let it go. And then we ended up both working at another church in Atlanta, and that was a journey as well. Um, mm-hmm. Hallelujah! But um, out of the difficulty and out of the resistance we faced, um, we were able to create something that you are still leading well. And it's been almost, it'll be six years in June? Five years. Five years in June. June. That's incredible. Like, um, and so I really want to talk to you about um, what that looks like and how you pioneered that. I want to read a verse that many people are familiar with. It's in Acts 2.17. And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I just see that you're a dreamer. You know, you are a little old. You're getting a little older. You're, you're still younger than me, though. Are know? we at the point where it's like we're considered middle-aged? Or? No, no, no. No, okay. I think that's like <laughs> when you're 60. That's when <laughs> oh, you're okay, old. okay. And then when you're dead is when you're old. Oh, okay. That's, that's how we look at it. Um, but you are turning 30 this year, which is wild. Put my business out there. Okay, you're turning 27. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> but you know, you're not that old, but, you, but you've been dreaming dreams for a long time, yeah. and you have a really powerful testimony. And so really the crux of what I want to talk about today is how do you maintain your God dream when other people don't believe in it? Yeah. So I just, I want to hear how, that, that's a very broad question, yeah, but I sure. just want to hear like, what, what did that process look like for you? Well, I think it's important to start from really where the pack started. Um, it started out, um, I was pursuing uh, my credentials to become a pastor, and I didn't fully know what I was going to do with that. Um, I, I've done a little backstory about me. I have done youth ministry for, I did it for seven or eight years i was a youth pastor for five of those years and so um i knew that i wanted to do something with youth but i i don't know i always had this desire to do things outside of the four walls of the church and being able to bridge that gap between the church and the community because i saw you know being raised in church you see everybody that's the church people right But I was the kid that, like, when we were driving in the car and we passed, like, all the homeless people or the prostitutes on the street, and I'm like, well, what about them? Mm. Like, why aren't they in church or why aren't they invited, you know, and those types of things. And so um, that was always my heart of, like, what does that look like? What does it look like to reach the community? Because the community may not come into your church, but, like, how do you continue to bring the gospel to them? Yeah. And so um, I can remember I was driving home one night um, and... <clears throat> God reminded me of this vision that he had given me when I was 15 um, about pastoring the community. Um, and so without going into the vision, I was kind of like, alert God, like, what does this look like? And so um, I started writing. I remember calling you and like pitching what I had in my head at the moment to you. And you were like, yeah, that sounds awesome. You know, like. <laughs> let's do it you know yeah. um and it didn't make sense to me and didn't know what it looked like and i remember you and i sat down with the pastor and um i shared with him like what i wanted to do and he was 100 percent behind it like yes like let's do it let's you know let's move forward whatever we got to do to make this thing happen and um so that was kind of the start for me to just be like okay i 
I think with anybody, when you have a, a dream, you just first the first step is God will give you the dream, but you need that support system yeah. behind you because when things do get tough and things do get hard. And I mean, even at the beginning, it was hard because like, I didn't have money to start what I wanted to start, you know, yeah. like I didn't have money to do what I felt like God was calling me to do. And so, um, when you have, when you're starting something, you need that support system behind you to push you through those times. Even if that support system is one person, like having a support system is mega huge in, in pushing you towards what God is calling you to do because, um, it, it helps you in those times when you're like, you feel lost, <laughs> you know, yes. what am I supposed to do? Or like, can I do this? And I think you and I can attest to that. Like there have been times when I've wanted to give up. There have been times when it was really difficult and it was really hard. And I'm like, am I sure I'm doing this right? You right. know, like, um, and just being able to even have someone like you in my life who constantly like reminded me of God's calling on my life and that I can do this. Um, it, it was huge. It was mega. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, I think I think it's hard when God gives you a vision that's different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of churches in America that are doing things a very specific way. Yeah. You know, and I think about leaders like Judah Smith. You yeah. know, in Church Home, um, who are taking the way that church is being done and shifting it. For sure. Jesus is still being exalted. Yeah. The Bible's still being read. Like, there's nothing evil about yeah. it. Um, it's just reaching a new generation of people. Sure. Um, and again, I think the pandemic taught us a lot about, like, different ways of, like, reaching people. As sure. hard as the pandemic was, especially for more extroverted people like myself, it taught us we can still reach people through Zoom. We can reach yeah. people over the Internet, and we can still have that touch. Um through the internet. And so people in Oklahoma can be ministered to by people in New York City, yes, you know, yes. um, and, and further away than that, you know. And so it's, it's really, really powerful. And so, like, God obviously gave you a very unique vision. Yeah. And there might be people listening who also feel like, hey, I'm working my butt off in ministry right now and I feel called to do something. How do I get started? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, in some ways I think I'm not the best person for that <laughs> just because I, I say that loosely, but I say that because, um, really God just put the right people in my seat. Um, so, you know, I, I have the PAC, so the PAC youth, it's a nonprofit organization and, um, I had no idea how to start a nonprofit. I didn't know how to do business paper. I didn't know how to do anything with the IRS. Um, I didn't know any of that. I yeah. was very confused, very lost. Um, and God put somebody in my path who was passionate about that, who knew how to do it. And she literally helped me do all of the paperwork, wow. all of the things, and which would have normally cost thousands of dollars to get someone to do. She did it all. Uh, with no cost and it was really just a God situation where she just you know helped us get this thing started and going and um, made sure that we you know did everything correctly um, and so I say all that to say that where it started for me was just praying and seeking out people that I already had so I knew that I had friends that were in ministry or are not in ministry that had a passion for young people 
And so I reached out to them and just cast a vision with them. Um, I remember, you know, talking to each pe- each person individually and just kind of sharing with them, hey, this is what I really feel like God's called me to do. Is this something you're on board with? And like every person that I contacted was like, yes. And then we sat down all together as a team and we talked about it and like, what could we do and how could we do it? And not just my ideas, because I'm the type of person, I'm a team person. It's not, it's not what I do. It's not what I run, but it's what our team runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, that's kind of how I started. And so I, when I think about where do you start when God has given you a dream and what I like to say even deeper is when he's placed a calling in you, on your life yes. is that it's, you start with what you do have. If I focus so much on what I didn't have, I didn't have the money. I didn't have X, Y, and Z. I didn't know how to do paperwork, all these things. I'm never going to do it. That's just, it, they become excuses of me not doing what God's called me to do. Right. But what I did was I started with what I did have, which was people who were passionate, who loved young people, who I knew would be on board. And we just started casting vision and dream, dreams to be able to reach these young people. And um, just started reaching out to schools where there were young people at, that we had some connections with through other ministry opportunities. And so that's honestly where we started. So if I could encourage anybody today, if you have a dream, if you feel like God is calling you to do something, focus on what you do have. Start with what you do have. You know, even if it's just starting to write, like it's writing it down, uh, you know, without vision, the people perish. So it's like, I think it's important to to write it down, make it plain um, of what you want, what you feel like God is calling you to do. And then if there's people that are around you that can help you push towards that, Huge. Start having those conversations with them. Huge. So good. And in a lot of ways, like, <clears throat> you remind me of kind of a modern-day Joseph. You know, when I consider your story and I look at, you have this outlandish dream, right? Mm-hmm. And you tell people and they're like, I mean, you've, you've had people outright tell you, like, you will not be able to do yeah. what yeah. you are now currently doing successfully. For sure. And that stands true because... When you tell some people what you what it is that your nonprofit does, what you and your team do, they're like, I've never heard of anything like that because there really isn't much yeah. like that, you know. Um, but Joseph, obviously, when he shared with his brothers, I mean, of course, I mean, he went through so much between yeah. being sold into slavery and then working his way up and then being accused of raping someone when he didn't and yeah. going through so incredibly much at the cost because of because of his dream. Yeah. You know, that cost him because of his dream. And so um, when I look at your life, you know, God gave you that dream long ago. And God gave you that passion and that heart long ago, like you said, for the homeless people. You yeah. know, I have a great friend of mine who um, she used to pray, Lord, help me to make our church smell more like cigarette smoke. Mm. Um, in other words, how do we get people in the church that we might typically shun yeah. in our Christian you know, tunnel mindset where it's like, I just want this type of person. Let us not forsake the people who, again, everyone needs Jesus, you know, and just because they don't fit into our box. Like I remember when we worked at that, you probably know the story I'm going to tell, but we worked at that one church in Atlanta. There was a woman who was struggling with homelessness. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a home. She was extremely elderly, very sick, could barely walk most days. And I remember she came up to our church one early one Sunday morning yeah. and she found, she found a precious moments little 
uh, I don't even know what you like. Figurine. Figurine. That's yeah. the word. That's <laughs> figurine. And I remember just thinking like, this is so sweet. And I'm looking at it and something smelled bad. Mm-hmm. And I looked on the other side and I think there was some dog doo-doo on the <laughs> side of it. And I remember thinking, I do not want to throw this away in front of her. I'm going to wait until she's gone, you yeah. know. Um, I'm going to figure out what we're going to do with this. I, th- I think we end up putting it in the trash can. Yeah. But, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like, that, that's not somebody I want in my church, you know. I don't want them bringing doggy doo-doo figurines yeah. into my church. But, like, she needs Jesus, just like the really good-looking worship leader, just yeah. like the really trendy pastor. Like, they all need Jesus. And so I say all that to say, like, your heart for those that are overlooked is so necessary in this generation and I celebrate you for that and I celebrate all that you have endured to get to the point that you're at now so now that we've talked about like getting started climbing the mountain to get to where we want to go what would you say um I mean, what does your ministry look like right now? Like, tell, tell people listening, like, what does the pack look like? Um, I mean, well, the pack has very many facets. So um, <clears throat> it depends on where, what facet of the pack you're in on what you would say about the pack. What I mean by that is that um, we do a program called Impact in Schools. And so we are in public and private schools. And so when you're in that setting, um, it's very high. It's very loud. It's a lot of kids running around playing crazy games. Jesus. It's just a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, we have some of our schools, we have 200 kids uh, um, at a time. And, you know, just if you love kids and you're all down for like elementary kids running around playing the craziest games and they're high and they're loud, um, then that's the that's the, the, yes, the avenue for you. For you. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, so we have our impact program. So we're in, like I said, we're currently right now we're in four schools uh, awesome. doing um, our impact program, and that's from elementary through high school. And so with that program, we reach over three hundred students. Incredible. Um, and then we also have a new program that we started this semester. It's called Tribe, and so Tribe is designed to really reach those kids. Um, who are facing different challenges. So we have some kids who are kind of like, this is their last option before alternative school. Um, We have kids who, um, they are like first generation um, American. And so they're coming from families that are not, they don't speak English. They don't, some of them don't have jobs and things of that nature. And so we're just trying to help them connect um, with the rest of the student body, um, just because maybe they're really shy um, maybe they feel like there's no relatability with the rest of the student body. So just kind of creating a safe place for them to connect. Um, and so we have different things, different reasons of, of why those students are in tribe, but they are selected by the school to be a part of tribe um, and kind of get a little more individual work and mentoring. Um, and then we also have something called family nights. And so family nights, awesome. There's one tonight. Right? There is one tonight. There's one tonight. By the time uh, you're listening to this, it, it won't be... be tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But the next right. one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we've partnered with, um, church home and, um, some, even some other churches that are partnering with us to be able to put family night on. And it's just awesome just to be able to reach families. So much of what the PAC has done over the last five years has been reaching students, elementary through high school students, which is incredible. So much of my heart 
Um, but if you've ever worked with youth, if you've ever worked with young people, is that the next step has to be parents because yes. so much work can be done with a student, but if they're going back home and the home isn't changing, then how much is that work really going to stick, you know? Right. And so it's like, we, I have a huge heart to um, empower parents and support parents to be able to um, lift, their, lift their students up. And so we launched Family Nights. Family Nights is literally for the whole family. So we have kids in there that are like four years old and we have you know adults in there that might be 100, I'm just kidding. But um, they're welcome too. Um, but you know, it is for families to be able to come and just uh, just let your hair down and get a free meal. Even um, bald people get to even be there. Even bald people get to be there. <laughs> Take your wig off, Ooh. you know. Uh, but, you know, we feed you and we play games and we do things, you know, things that are, you know, kind of getting you to work as a family. And then um, you also get an opportunity to hear the gospel uh, presented. We want to help build your faith, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or you don't. It's a place where you can come and build your faith, begin to start asking questions. And um, we have things that are centered towards every age group. So um, it's just been really cool just to see what God is doing because you you know when the pack started it was we started with a, a little bitty service and it was about two mm -hmm. students that were there That's right. you know um, and we just went all out right and God has continued to be faithful and grown it and grown it and grown it every year. And um, I kind of go into the beginning of every year just saying, God, do what you want to do. Yes. You know, what? what is it that you want to do this year? And I'm blown away every single year. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. never anything that I expected. It's never anything that I thought. Um, and God just continues to, to blow me away. And um, God's even brought in the right people for our team to build our team up. And so I'm just excited to see what well i guess going into you year six uh will look like Crazy. um so I yeah i love it so much and i i think like it's so funny because you know opposites really do attract in the sense of we are such great friends because mm -hmm. i think it's because well there's a million reasons why for sure um it's probably because i'm so fun you think i'm so funny oh yeah that's something for those of you <clears throat> listening at home um one of the things i try to be all the time is funny and uh, a lot of people might think that i'm funny christian does not think that i'm funny no. so um, that's fine. There's probably a lot of people listening that would agree with you, and that, and that's okay. The Lord still sees me, and I'm still yeah. His child. But I see you for deeper reasons. Oh, oh, she went spiritual. Jesus juke on me. <laughs> um, no, but what's so interesting is you have such a heart for outreach, and my heart is so discipleship. Mm -hmm. And I think if there is a um, a downside of having a discipleship oriented heart is. I am so passionate about sitting down and having one-on-ones with people and going deeper in their walk with Christ that sometimes, again, I can get in that tunnel vision mindset where I'm so focused on people in the church that I'm not looking outwardly. Yeah. And so when I hear your heart, it inspires me so much because your ministry is literally going to them. Mm -hmm. When a lot of times people in church, it's like, oh, bring them to us. Yeah. And it's almost this entitled mentality if we're not sure. careful where it's like, well, they should just, you know, we'll, we'll put on an event and we'll have free pizza and they'll come, you yeah. know, or we'll give away AirPods and they'll come. Um, but there is such a beauty and even discipleship within what you do where yeah. it's like, I'm creating relationships in their domain. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that we've thrown a lot of information out on you guys right now, but 
Um, what Christian does, what her heart is, what her team does, is they go into these schools. And these are like, I mean, some of them are a little rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, and I mean, Christian has, has gone to court hearings for students who are just struggling and desperately need someone to stand in their defense. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about fatherless, motherless, young people who need to be connected to a person perhaps before they feel like they could be connected to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what you and your team do. And I mean, guys, the PAC is such an incredible ministry because they literally just come with their hands open asking the schools, what is it that you need? And they've done that for so many years now that now the school's coming and saying, we need what you've got. And that's so powerful and that's so incredible. And I love your heart behind it. And I think at the end of the day, like after hearing you just share your heart and people at home, I hope you hear this, that whatever it is that you do, whether it's starting a nonprofit, you know, from the ground up or building your church or starting, you know, a foster care nonprofit. I don't, I don't know what any of that looks like. Um, please remember what your why is. And I, and I feel like you've made it so abundantly clear what your why is. And I think about, you know, your God dream. If you have let it die based on the opinions of others, think about the hundreds of people you wouldn't have reached through this ministry. Um, I, I do think about, Christian had mentioned that when we, we started the pack, there were two young ladies that came to the event. And I mean, we went all out on this event. It was like a whole block party. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I think about the one that mm-hmm. was there, um, very, very dear to both of us. Yeah. And she started engaging in our ministry, became one of our student leaders, has now graduated high school in college and yeah. still connected to the pack yeah. from day one. Yep. That's the power of saying yes to something, saying yes to the God dream, despite the resistance that you're facing. For sure. And so I want to celebrate you publicly um, for what you do and who you are Thank in you. these schools, how you've raised up a team. I mean, you like Christian has, and it's crazy because the team that she has right now, the staff that she has right now are literally mostly students that she's raised up through the pack and discipled and taught them how to lead and how to love Jesus and how to love students. And so in the same way that they've been poured into throughout their years in middle school and high school, they're doing the same thing. Most definitely. You are duplicating discipleship. You are replicating discipleship and you're creating this system of like, just those like fountains you see at Chinese restaurants where it's like one uh, pool is pouring into the other pool and pours into the other pool. And it just continues. Yeah, for sure. And as God fills you, you fill leaders, those leaders fill. And it's just, it's so cool how you've just created that. And so um, I want to kind of land the plane here. And I just want to ask, like, if you have, if you had one like encouragement to somebody who wants to start something today based out of a God dream, what would you say? Um, well, I want to read a verse. It's actually my favorite verse. Second Timothy 4, 7. It says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I've kept the faith. Um, this verse is the epitome of my life. Um, it's, it's my life verse. Um, I have gone through a lot of different things, ministry and personally, that I've had to fight through. Um, I've had to fight through certain downfalls in my life. I've had to fight through my um, insecurities I've had to fight through the odds Um, and so that's been so much of my heart and when you think about this is Paul um, who says this is that 
Paul's life of ministry wasn't easy. It was, no. it was, it was very difficult. You know, I mean, he went from being this person who was persecuting Christians to he gets radically saved and he, you know, is on fire for God, but he faces a lot in the midst of that. It wasn't an easy journey. And so he had to fight through a lot. Um, but he kept what he knew God yeah. had said. Um, he kept his relationship with God. And that's something I want to encourage you with is that when you have a calling and desire and a passion to do something and it doesn't work out, sometimes it's really easy to blame all these things. And even in some cases, blame God that it didn't work out or that people are against you. And, and, and so what happens is oftentimes people go, well, it doesn't work out. I'm just going to leave it. I'm not going to do it. Or God forgot about me. Like, mm -hmm. why did, why, why did they say that I had this calling on my life? And like, it just, it's not working out. Everyone's against me. I don't have the money. I've tried reaching out to these people and it doesn't work. Wow. And they just give up. And it's like following Jesus. It, it never says, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe in your Bible, but in mine, it doesn't said that it was supposed to be easy and, yeah. and the journey was supposed to be easy mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that everything's just going to fall into place because you're walking this this road to jesus right but um i'm reminded of something that a pastor once told myself and cat um and he said that success is obedience yes and for me that ever since that moment we had that conversation i that's been my step is that I might have to fight through a ton of stuff. Yeah. I might have to, there may be moments that I feel like giving up, but if I'm being obedient to the calling that God has placed on my life, it doesn't matter who's against me. It doesn't matter what anyone has to say. It doesn't matter if I have the income or not. It doesn't matter. I'm going to continue to just be obedient to what God has for me. And so if I can encourage you with that is that is to continue to fight through whatever odds might be in front of you right now. And to just be obedient. Success is obedience to God. Yes. And so if you're obedient to what God has placed inside of you, the dreams, the visions, the passion that God has placed inside of you, I promise you, at, at some point, it's going to happen. It's going to fall into place in God's timing. And so just continue to be obedient on that path. And you're preaching so good today. <laughs> you, you wanted to close out the podcast. Good. That's what I had like. to get my moment in. Yeah, that, that's all right. That's all right. If you want to book her to speak, no. uh, uh, you, can, you can. She's mm -hmm. a phenomenal speaker. And I just want to echo that. It's so powerful that obedient, success is obedience to God. Mm -hmm. And so we get to look at this as obedience is greater than outcome yeah. right and so if god tells you to do something you might not get a million instagram followers you might not make a ton of money off yeah. of it but because you said yes to the lord like at the end of the day like when you die you're not going to keep that money you're not going to keep yeah. that tesla you're not going to keep that boyfriend or girlfriend For whatever sure. it is that you think you're going to earn um but, but you will be with the Lord. Yes. And at the end of the day, like, can we stand before the Lord and say, I was truly obedient mm -hmm. to you? And, and I see that all over your life, and I believe that's why you're experiencing favor. And I pray that that continues all the days of your life. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? Um, you can go to the PAC's Instagram. It's at the PAC, P-A-C-K-Y-T-H. And I also have a personal um, Instagram. It's Christian Bayless. I'm gonna be honest with you that Instagram is private, so I don't add people if it's if you're if you're countless strange, I'm probably not gonna add you. But you could definitely be added on the PAX uh, Instagram, um, and we also have Facebook, TikTok. So uh, definitely check us out. We'd love to have you come. 
uh, see you know, maybe one of our events or gatherings that we have, or if we're at your school or you want us at a school that you're at, we would love to be able to chat with you. Oh yes, that would be wonderful. So what you're saying is if someone's profile picture is in a basement with a knife, you're not gonna- Add no, or if you have a cat or, you know, I don't know. I, I have a lot of students who try to follow me oh, yeah. and like they have spam accounts and it's like oh. weird things. Like weird cartoons with the heads cut off. Like I'm not adding oh, you. No, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not adding you. Sorry, denied. Y'all, y'all heard it here. <laughs> She's not gonna approve you if you have a weird uh, profile picture. <laughs> sorry. I can't uh, do it. So sorry if you have a cat profile picture or if you own a cat in general. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's a hard life. Well, uh, Christian, I have so enjoyed having you on the podcast. Glad I'll have here. to have you back sometime. I'll yes. have my people call your people. All right. Um, AKA, so, I'll give you a call. You have your husband call me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that'll take a long time. Uh, but thank you so much. Um, again, uh, she's Christian Bayless. I'm Kat Robbins. And thank you so much for listening to the Ministry Refuel podcast. Wanna go play a game of Mexican trade dominoes? No, I'm good. All right. Yeah. <laughs>